This is Mike Quinlan, and you are listening to the Business Owner Transition Podcast. There is one constant in business, and that is that every one of us will eventually exit, and sometimes sooner than we think. In this podcast, we discuss topics to help you with elite preparation, so when you're ready for transition, you won't just exit, you will join that exclusive group of owners who have accomplished an elite exit. We talk with former owners, exit advisors, and a host of other experts to help you increase the value of your exit, execute it on your terms, and most importantly, do it without regret. So let's join the show. Hi, it's Mike. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the elements of the G and the O of the I'm Good Checklist. Specifically, we're going to discuss increasing top-line growth by simply dialing up the efficiency and effectiveness of your existing frontline staff. My guest today is Amal Nugudkar, the founder and CEO of Patient Prism. As a CPA, business consultant, author, entrepreneur, and former owner of several dental practices, he has over 20 years of experience working with dental practices and groups. He also serves on multiple large dental service organization DSO boards. He founded Patient Prism in 2015. This advanced call tracking software incorporates artificial intelligence and American call coaches to review every missed new patient opportunity and send an alert to the dental office within one hour of the original call. It uses patented technology to detect the advertising method that led to the new patient call, what the caller wanted, why the appointment was not booked, and recommended actions that can be implemented immediately to call back and convert the potential patient. It's fast, actionable data that leads to increased new patient appointments and revenue. He is a prolific speaker and influencer in the dental industry. Amal, this show is about achieving an elite exit from your business, and today we're specifically speaking about preparing to exit from a dental business. Now, we generally work with owners in late stage transition and uh, that phase of the business cycle, we're talking it's inside of five years, typically inside of three years. And so as we're working with those clients, what we want to do is try to meet the definition of the elite exit. Remember, the definition of that elite exit is three major things. One is that we're increasing transaction value. Two is we're doing it on their terms. And three is we're trying to make this uh, transaction happen without regret. Those are all very difficult things to achieve in their own way. But today, let's talk a little bit more about the first leg of that stool, increasing transaction value within three years of the exit. And so let's start by maybe you can give us what your general thoughts are on the dental industry today. Uh, well, Mike, uh, thank you for um, for having me on your on your show today. Uh, I met you for the first time last a few weeks ago, and uh, I was I, I I didn't even understand the the impact that you guys are making on these on these dentists who are retiring because you're absolutely right. Um, a lot of times, the decision to sell um, is driven by a lot of emotion, and sometimes that emotion clouds good decision-making in terms of what's in it for you. And then you guys kind of mapping that out for them is, is, is fascinating because it's, again, when you keep that emotion away and, and focus on what's important as far as reaching your goals, 
you're gonna get there. But if you just keep it emotional, then then you're just gonna do it, and then 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 the regret comes way later because then oh my god, I had no idea. Um. So so uh, I'm I'm very very excited about the work you're doing. Uh, dentistry right now is is fascinating, right? Uh, over the last 10, 15 years, dentistry is slowly moving into what I call the Renaissance period, where it is becoming um, absolutely essential. The COVID pandemic told us that dentistry is essential, right? It's essential for keeping patients in optimal health, right? So the demand for dentistry right now is almost at all time high. Um, there's plenty of patients out there that are looking for dentists. Although only 50% of Americans have seen a dentist, still the demand is super high, right? Um, that's That being said, the supply right now is not as, as great as we want it to be. There is a shortage of hygienists. Many hygienists retired. There's a shortage of doctors. There's a shortage of people that need to work in the industry thereby. So what's happening is uh, the big trend right now is enough demand, but not in the supply. And, and we've got to figure out how to solve that. The second big thing that's happening in dentistry right now is consolidation, right? Consolidation as in the advent of the dental support organization, organizations that support multiple offices through economies of scale, uh, bringing efficiencies uh, uh, to the practice, but not in terms of cost, but also in terms of drivers of revenue and marketing and all that stuff. So consolidation is happening. About 20 to 22% of the industry is consolidated in the DSO realm. Uh, we, I ben, genuinely believe the next five years we'll get to 50% consolidation uh, for a variety of reasons that could be a completely different podcast. Uh, so that's definitely happening. Technology, the third trend I feel that's happening in dental industry today is technology is playing a big part in optimizing the journey of the patient. Right? Technology is being used to measure things that couldn't be measured in the past, like things from a marketing standpoint, from case acceptance standpoint, uh, from technology driving decision-making, that's one thing. Technology also in the offices like, like 3D printing and print laser dentistry. So technology is becoming a big, big part of dentistry and the dentists who are embracing it correctly, not just for the sake of, are doing really well, not just for the sake of buying it, but actually operationalizing it and using it to elevate the patient experience, give them better access to care, faster care, um, and also understand metrics that, 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 that are gonna help them improve their business. Technology has become a big part of it. And, and I think the last trend, the, the four trends, I talked about demand versus supply, consolidation, technology, but, but here's the evolution of how patients are coming to dental offices, new patients. And we've moved to a B2C model, right? We're, we are, uh, B2C is in business to consumer. The, the dentistry is evolving into this direct to consumer experience where more dollars are being spent today in driving the new patient into the funnel, we call it the marketing funnel, yep. by, by spending money on advertising and various techniques. We use always, do outreach, but outreach now using digital uh, concepts, Google AdWords, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, believe it or not. These are the techniques that are being used right now by dental practices to reach the patients, reach the new Gen Z patients. Where are you going to reach them? You're not going to reach them by postcards. You're going to reach them where they are showing up at, 
No? So if it's an Instagram ad, if it's in the Facebook apps, so social media, all that. So those four trends, I think, are, are really driving dentistry forward uh, at a very, very healthy pace. I think about Kagers are about 6%. We think the industry will be about a $200 billion industry in the next five years uh, from maybe $120 billion right now. Um, and and that's, that's a big growth rate. Well, that's a great overview. And uh, I do remember and, and still occasionally do get the postcard from my yeah. dentist. Well, as you talk with the leaders of these major DSOs, you, you interview these billion-dollar leaders and you are on some of those boards, what are you hearing from them as they're looking to partner with successful businesses in the future? Well, um, a lot of them, I will tell you, contrary to what Sometimes the perception is that, oh, my God, these are corporate dentists that all they care about is spreadsheets and EBITDAs and everything else. Almost all the leaders I've talked to in the DSO space actually want to improve access to care. Right? They want to improve access to care. They want to be able to give more gift of dentistry to more patients. They want to operate. They want to improve efficiencies in these offices and let doctors be doctors that doctors be doing what they love, what they went to school for, which is giving patients the best clinical dentistry possible. So, so that being said, the, what, what, what the leaders of these organizations are looking for when they look at affiliations is that number one, are you a good dentist, right? Uh, are, are, do you have a, are you a good dentist clinically? Because that is the foundation of any healthcare providers. Are you, are you providing good services? you have a good reputation right? and reputation sometimes you have to know reputation is is not easy how do you understand you have a clinical reputation do you have a reputation online that 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 people are going and talking nice things about you uh, they look at do you have good patient flow are, are you do you have um, uh, what's the system how are how are your people you know getting patients back in treatment and what kind of what 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 kind of hygiene programs do you have they look at that uh, but they also look at optimization, right? So if it's not 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 there, they can easily improve that. Um, what's your system of attracting new patients? What's your system of retaining existing patients? Are there opportunities there uh, for you to improve there? So I think what they're not they're not really they want to work with people that are going to elevate the patient experience. They're going to want to work with people that are going to be able to take advantage of what the support services they're providing, which is, you know, uh, efficient economies of scale in terms of cost, but also clinical support in terms of diagnosing better. Um, it's also uh, operational support. Training is a big element of that. So, so they're coming in, looking at your business and saying, okay, well, this is a good business, but if we put some things in place that reduce cost, improve efficiencies, improve their marketing. We can take this dentist who's working, let's say 35 hours a week or 40 hours a week. We can help them work the same, but have them take home more, right? Well, at the same time, have better, better quality of life and give them, give them the resources that allow them to live their life in whatever they want to do. Um, uh, and, and potentially have another opportunity as an exit, especially if there is some rollover equity um, that's that's being discussed. And that's something that you probably guys you guys talk about is 
is how do you maximize your exit in terms of that? So, but those are the things. It's basic. Are you a good practice? Are you a good doctor? Do you have good people? Do you have good patient flow? Do you have a system of retaining and attracting new patients? Um, and 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 are you in a location that obviously that they're not competing with? Right. Uh, but it's it, it's again, but because they're coming in with the abundant mentality of like we're not going to tell them what to do. We're just going to provide support where they need support, and we're just going to elevate what they're doing by providing things that they don't need to worry about. They need to worry about patient care, and DSOs are not going to interfere with that, uh, no matter what. Right. So obviously, they're they want to have a f- company. They want to look at companies that have good financial metrics, but they're also looking at the quality of the business. So the I'm Good checklist. Part of that is financial, right? The I and the I'm good checklist is about increasing cash flow and increasing right. EBITDA. But all of the rest of them are qualitative in nature. You know, yes. the M is management and transferable management or transferable staff. The G is, do you have a growth plan that's documented and that you can move to? The first O is optimized financial statements. Can we believe the money that you say you're making? Right. 100%, 100%, 100%. <laughs> and, uh, and then the O is, is operations itself. So optimizing operations, documenting the vendors, making sure that you're as efficient as possible in your lease agreement and your vendor arrangements. And 100%. then ultimately into the diversity of that patient base from a payer perspective and a services perspective. 100%. I mean, that's what, that's what you're going to get when you affiliate with, with the right partner uh, is, you know, you, what you guys talk about is so foundational uh, to improving the value of a business, whether it's dentistry or anybody else, what you just talked about in the I'm good one is, is, is really at the very core of, 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 because it's very core. It's like common sense. You think it should be common, but it's not. Right. And so this, I am good. It's very, it's, it, when you think about it, it's like, oh yeah, but this makes all the sense, but I don't have it. Right? <laughs> I don't have it. Uh, and, and I think, I think it's a big service uh, that, that, that you're providing to these, these, these businesses that you consult, because if you have this in place, um, you're going to get an extra turn or two on the multiple. Right. And that could mean million to $5 million to $10 million, I don't, whatever that number is, depending on what your EBITDA is. But that foundation is what gets appreciated in due diligence. That's you right. have a foundation of, of, of financial statements because the faster you want somebody to come in and say, my God, they've got this figured out. It's all dialed in. We don't have the quality of earnings. It's just a, a afterthought. The quality of earnings is perfect. There's right. everything, the foundation of their financials is perfect. They have a growth plan that's documented. They're executing on that. Oh, you know what? We're going to pay a little higher for this business because, because we know they have built the foundation of the machine. And that I am good is the foundation of the machine that cranks out profits. But cranks out profits on, on still still doing the right thing by the patient. But you've built that foundation, which I think is, which, which lacks in a lot of businesses. I mean, everybody struggles with it. We struggled with it as we grew. And, sure. and uh, it's not easy, but you need somebody to tell you how to do it and help you execute it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that because 
the thing I look at is this. I tell my clients all the time that when we go into the LOI, the letter of intent period, right, there's a wide variety, a range of values. And you could be at a four multiple, you could be at a 10 multiple. Correct. But why go into the LOI not knowing where you should be on the range? Go in at a four and you're going to get paid a three. But let's go in as a 10. Let's optimize the I'm good checklist and maximize the value as we go into negotiations. They want to buy good companies. Yes. All, all, all of us, right? I mean, and the I'm good checklist, I think, allows you to reverse engineer your multiple. Like, okay, well, I want to get there at eight. Well, you're not there at eight yet because you don't have the foundational elements in place. You can aspirationally want anything you want. I want to win the lottery. Well, wonderful. I'm not going to win it, right? I'm just not going to win it. Wonderful. Mega millions. Somebody won a billion dollars the other day, which is crazy for me. Like 1.3 billion, really? I mean, that's, I mean, and somebody won it. Um, good for them. Uh, but but I think it's, it's just, you know, um, what you're doing is you're doing the planning and, and getting them. Uh, yes, is it possible for you, an independent office today to sell their uh, or, or maybe a group of two or three offices to sell it eight, eight to nine times. Yes, it's possible, but you've got to have more than just, a, you, you've got to have all these things in place. And if you've got it, the chances are very high because this industry for the next five years is going to have glorious exits. You just want that glorious exit for yourself. And, and, and without the foundation, you're not going to get it. Yeah. I agree with you. And let me just ask you, there are, you know, we've, we've got the I'm good checklist. We're working on the quality of this business. We're increasing cash flow. What metrics do you think the, the large DSOs are looking at to, to validate that the I'm good checklist is really working well and that the, uh, you know, obviously the EBITDA piece is, is not that difficult to look at, but what do you think the key metrics are? Yeah, well, I mean, there are some really high-level macro macro metrics like same store growth. Everybody looks at that, right? It's a big metric in the DSO world. They're looking at EBITDA, and in EBITDA is a percentage of you know what is your EBITDA margin, right? Are you at fifteen percent, ten percent, twenty-five percent, post corporate, pre corporate, that kind of stuff? Those are big metrics to look at. Uh, new patients, how many new patients are you seeing? That's a metric to look at again. But 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 sometimes when you go deeper, right? Like for example, one of the big metrics in marketing that, that people don't look at, but some of the bigger guys look at is what's my cost per lead, right? What does it take me to acquire a lead? And then cost per lead, and then what is my cost per acquisition? Just because I secured a lead doesn't mean I acquired the patient because they still have to book an appointment, show up, Except no, so those are important metrics, right? So, but what what's also my so when you look at marketing, we have to think about what am I spending on it? What is my cost to acquire a patient? Um, am I answering all the calls? Uh, what's my missed call rate? What is my conversion rate on the phone? And uh, how, what what percentage of patients that are calling in are actually getting appointed? There is a big leak in that funnel. Part of what we do at Patient Prism is figure that leak out. Like 40 to 50% of patients are just falling off because they can't get in, right? Um, what's your no-show and cancellation rate? It's been really big deal right now. No-shows have wrecked havoc on productivity because, you know, you have, you book that time and patient doesn't show up. You're paying all the overhead still. You're not, that doesn't stop. Um, 
cancellations have gone up quite a bit in 2022 because of the COVID coming back a little bit again. Um, and th th those, those metrics are important. And then when you look at your existing patients, you know, what is your reappointment rate, right? What is your hygiene reappointment rates? Critical, critical number. Are most of your patients coming back or are you losing them on the back end because they're not coming back? You just had one and done deal. They came in, they did the stuff and then they went somewhere else. Um, what is your case acceptance rate? And that's an important rate. of uh, Right now, only 52% of presented treatment plans are actually accepted. Only 52%, right? So what is that and how can we get that get that improved. And that's an important rate that everybody looks at, everybody should look at. Um, um, revenue, what's your revenue per visit, right? What average revenue per visit, we need to understand if it's going up, going down, because you may seem that you're a busy practice, right? You may seem that you're a busy practice, but you don't know that the type the the, the type of patients and what, they're, what, what your service mix is, you know, if all you're doing is just cleanings and 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 X-rays and exams and and you know your revenue, despite you being busy, you're gonna you're gonna be stuck at a growth rate that's zero percent to one percent. Um, what is your revenue? What's your production per hour? Um, those are some of the metrics, right? You gotta go. In my view, in in one of uh, somebody that I work with, Ladi Fisher, and I know you know her well. She talks about the concept of micro metrics, right? There's high level metrics which give you an overview of the business, but unless you go deeper, um, you don't know, right? I'm spending $10,000 in marketing, uh, but I'm not growing as much. Well, I don't know. Maybe my cost per acquisition is too high. And the reason why my cost per acquisition is too high because my website's not optimized uh, to drive the right type of leads into the funnel. Those are the micro metrics you have to understand because just throwing money at a problem doesn't really fix anything. Uh, you've got to understand what what's driving the stuff. A lot of dental practices, especially five years before retirement, they are stuck in this anemic rut for the past five years where they're just not growing. It's just like, no matter what they do, they're coasting and they're fine because they have income, which is reasonable to support their, their current lifestyle. But 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 it's not going to be once they sell it, um, it's not going to be enough to support the exit's not going to be support their lifestyle after they retire. Um, so so I think measuring the right things really allows you. And the question is great because, I mean, we could talk about KPIs and metrics all day. But the only thing that I want your audience to take away from is that don't just measure the big things at the top. My hygiene production. OK, well, my hygiene production should be 30 percent. It's only 15%. Well, that's a great number, but you go deep down into per provider, per hygiene provider, uh, what's really happening, right? And and figure out what those metrics are. Uh, one of the big metrics I like is what, how much treatment is your hygienist sending into the restorative side on the dentist chair? Um, that metric, a lot of people don't calculate. Uh, but because... <laughs> You know, you have a patient that needs two crowns and that's worth $2,400. The patient keeps coming back every six months and they get their cleaning done, but they're not, you know, and you make $75 from that. Okay, that's great. You're busy. But the goal is, number one, is to get the patient into better health because it prevents them from an implant in the future if you don't get a crown done. Uh, so getting that patient into the doctor's chair by facilitating better communication, that's a metric if you don't measure it. Then, then all you're doing is just being busy, 
That's right. And yeah. You're not, you're not growing. You're not growing. Yeah. Uh, so those micrometrics matter. Yeah. I, I, I talk to people all the time about being busy, but not profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an understanding margin on service line. And I've, I was speaking with a CEO the other day who's got a, uh, a uh, production business, but he is in many markets around the world. And what he didn't understand until uh, us working with him for a couple of months is he finally came to the realization that, gosh, you know what? I'm not making money on any of that business. I thought I was killing it there, but I'm not. Right. So it, sometimes it just takes an outside look at this. And I know and I'm 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 very, very happy that you're going to participate in what I'm getting ready to talk about. But, uh, you know, we are getting ready to embark on a kind of a really cool thing. It's the elite dental exit seminar series and you're going to be part of that and the first one of those is going to be in november it's going to be on november 18th up in charlotte and it's going to be a pretty limited one we're going to we're going to do this first one we're going to limit the amount of people that can come to it and then throughout next year we're going to go ahead and have some larger uh, seminars around the united states but the elite dental exit seminar is going to be a place where we're going to talk about all of the things that you just mentioned in addition to the foundational things that you have to do to be ready to put your, to, to tr- exit your business, right? What right. the legal stuff is, what does the accounting stuff look like and have to be? Um, I've got property. Is it inside my business, outside my business? Can I keep it? Should I keep it? What are all those issues around the personal and business planning that can really get you to that elite exit, you know, optimize or, uh, maximizing, the transferable value, uh, being able to do it on your terms, which sometimes is difficult. And then most importantly, doing it without regretting the fact that you did do it. So those seminars lead up to something that we're, we're calling, um, the elite dental exit capstone course and that capstone course, you know, you're part of that. You're providing lots of, uh, critical information in the growth and, and, operations piece of the course. So we're hoping that uh, people will take time to go through the course and get some of the great information that comes out of it. So I really appreciate you be participating not only in this podcast, but also in bringing this education to these dental business owners. I'm very passionate about this industry. I love the people in this, in, in this, I call them my family. Uh, I spend most of my waking hours with them <laughs> um, and all, all at, at all levels of, of the business. And it, it's a wonderful business. It's a great opportunity. And dentistry is, has, has the luxury of like, you know, I mean, yes, plumbing is a great business and roofing is a great business, but here you're impacting, I mean, you're changing somebody's life. And th- there is a different level of fulfillment you get from making somebody healthy and, and not having them a heart attack, for example, because you've identified a marker, um, in their in their saliva that that, that that's gonna uh, or or their or their periodontal health that's gonna help them not have a heart attack. That's a big deal, and and there's so much fulfillment in that. Well, so I'm uh, I'm fortunate to be in the industry. Yeah, I mean it's wonderful, and and 
you know, I, I, as we continue to, we've got deep experience in this area. We have, uh, uh, one of our affiliate companies has got a thousand dental business owners that, uh, we want to bring more information to and help yes. them with. So, um, and again, you're a key guy for that. And I really appreciate you being part of that. Uh, patient prism is, uh, a, I'm going to put all the information for, that down in the uh, in the notes and how to get in contact with you and the company and um, I hope everybody out there will take advantage of uh, working with a mall and the company and it absolutely can do some great things for your ability to deliver high quality care to your patients oh you know I appreciate it uh, we at patient prism are very passionate about you know using the power of technology, particularly AI, what we use to really optimize that patient experience on the phone, right? So that we are plugging that big league. You're spending money to drive that patient into the funnel, into the into the office. You what you want that patient to is to book an appointment, and also understand all the other things that are driving that lead. Um, and we are very, very fortunate to be able to make such a big impact because AI is the best use case to understand those conversations quickly. So you can, if, if you don't end up doing the right thing the first time, you have a second opportunity to make that first impression. So it, it's powerful what AI and technology is doing in this industry. And we, we are lucky and fortunate to be part of this movement um, that, that uses technology and AI to elevate that patient experience and to bring them to optimal health. And that's what it's all about, really. It's about changing people's lives. And we're very, very, very fortunate to be part of that. Well, Amal, listen, I really appreciate you being on the show today. I look forward to every time I get a chance to talk to you. I look forward to it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. And then also in November when we, when we do the first seminar. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Outstanding. Thank you, sir.